Change is hard, and the worse it feels, the better you get. Truth is, is that God is always working to refine us, and that means he's often pruning things that we no longer need and that no longer please him. Change hurts, and that's good. Hi and welcome back. I'm Josh Bain, your host of today's episode of Starting a Fire, Life Lessons Learned on a Church Planning Adventure with Pastor C.B. Bartholow. Today, our episode is all about change. That's right. Change is hard, and the worse it feels, the better you get. Hmm. Truth is, is that God is always working to refine us, and that means he's often pruning things that we no longer need and that no longer please him. Change hurts, and that's good. Yeah, I've actually been personally involved in a lot of change over the last year to three years of my life. Um, it hasn't been easy, right? Um, I just found myself becoming divorced. I'm now a remote dad. My boys live 10 hours away. And that is probably one of the most difficult things that I've ever dealt with in my entire life. I've, I've actually even dealt with a career change. Uh, I've changed churches. Matter of fact, about maybe two, three years ago, I was to a point where I'd kind of given up on church, right? I hadn't so much given up on God, but I'd given up on church in general. And and now here I am helping you, right, start a new one. Um, so, I mean, change has been really an interesting part of my life over the last couple of years. Um, you're right. It isn't easy. You're right. It hurts. Um, I can definitely say that there are wounds and scars that are steel sensitive over this whole change process. But in the end... I'm really looking forward to what's coming next. Yeah, I think that there's a ton of cliches around uh, change, right? Change is inevitable. Change, uh, whatever doesn't change is going to die, right? Uh, Truth is, is that none of those make it any easier, right? And this last season is we've, uh, we've kind of come back to our connection, you and I. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can tell that you have been changed as a process and as a person. Um, But that doesn't mean that it's been easy. That doesn't mean that it's been uh, lovely. And truly, that sometimes doesn't even mean that it feels like it's been worth it. Sure. Right? Uh, I can tell you that I'm encouraged that you and I are walking again on this journey and that I know that um, no matter what you've been through, God's always got something on the other side. Yeah. Change always has a purpose, especially those for those who love him, right? Sure. Um, truth is, over the last five months of my life, I've really been going through probably the most transformative season ever, and it's been incredibly difficult. As you know, we're, we're getting ready to start this church. And last fall, I entered into essentially what's called a residency. If you're an entrepreneur, it's like one of those incubator programs, right? You sort of dive right in. You're surrounded by mentors and and colleagues, and they help you sort of develop this next season. It's the very same thing for the church planting environment. And, And in this environment, I was around people who were definitely smarter than me, thank God. But they also had a different outlook and a different viewpoint on how to do this thing we call church. Hmm. And a lot of the things that they had shared with me, a lot of the new ideas that they began to share with me were really challenging the way that I was seeing myself and the way that I had always seen this thing that I thought I was called to do. It changed the way I I thought about what I was called to do and how I had done it in the past. In fact, I, I was starting to ask questions about 
my faith in general. Mm. And um, I can tell you right around October, I started to feel myself really fall into a funk. I don't know if you do this, but I tend to get real quiet when I'm internally wrestling with something, oh, yes. right? Oh, yes. You can always tell if I'm having a good day because I'm twice, three times posting on social media. You can always tell when I'm in my head when it's like once every other day. Yeah. And usually that's out of obligation. I'm right. like, I got to make sure the world knows I'm alive. Right. <laughs> October came and I was really struggling. And, um, and I didn't know... I didn't know if I was going to get out of it, hmm. um, but you stick with the process and I stuck with it and shared and was open and honest with my wife. And what we found is that uh, it was just me changing, right? Just me becoming different. Right. And uh, I'm always thankful in hindsight for those seasons, always thankful that, um, that God does things in those sort of developing those dark rooms of our life, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Because on the other side is we're here now, right? Now we're equipped. Now we're ready to go plant this church. Josh, I don't think we know everything that we need to know in order to go plant this church, but I know that we know far no more than we did six months ago. Right, yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. And I'm grateful and I wouldn't change it for the world. Sure. I think we'd all be certainly in a different place if I was your pastor and we were about to go plant this church and I was operating on the same batch of information I had six months ago. Right. We'd be in... Trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And that's kind of what change does, yeah. right? You you will run into cyclical seasons in your life that have to do with change in employment. We just got a text message from one of our colleagues who's struggling with a transition, an unexpected transition in unemployment. Yeah. You'll go through relational changes. You'll go through seasonal changes because some people are affected by the weather, Yeah, right? And then there's some things that you just change yourself. Okay, it's time to lose weight. Yep. Okay, I got to start reading more. All right, I got to get serious about this thing, right? Mm -hmm. No matter whether those changes are external or internal, you can be absolutely sure it's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely going to suck. Yeah. That's why people don't change. Mm -hmm. It's because it's so hard and then they bail, right? Yeah. But beyond just the sort of embrace the suck, right? It's, it's really this. It, it transforms you in three ways. Your character, your convictions, and your conceptions. And so today I want to take just a few minutes to kind of talk that through a little bit and, and hopefully that'll resonate with people. But certainly, um, it's resonated with me and this is kind of what I've discovered over the last several months. When I think about, um, the things I deal with when it comes to change, I can tell you. So, I mean, January 1st, I did vegan, but I also did no, um, no grains, no gluten, no caffeine. And I was doing like, I was like 300 milligrams of caffeine a day. Right. I mean, I was a, total spaz, you know, mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. on caffeine, just, and just burning the candle at both ends. And, and I went from over almost overnight, you know, with no caffeine, you know, and have, have reintroduced some, right. But I've stayed away from a lot of the meat. I've stayed away from all red meat since then. I've, I, we did 21 days worth of this. And, and then I decided that, okay, I lost 15 pounds and then, um, decided, okay, I'm going to make a couple changes here just to make my life a little easier. I'm on the road a lot, uh, for work. And so, uh, finding a, a vegan option in the middle of the day, you know, in some weird place is sometimes kind of difficult. Um, so I made a couple adjustments, but the reason I made those adjustments is because the initial change was incredibly difficult, right? Cause it, I can't find, I can't find, you know, zucchini noodles, um, in the middle of nowhere, you know, it's hard to find those things. And so I found myself even adjusting my change to make things easier. Change is not easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's interesting there, I think about that story is the fact that it wasn't that you weren't capable of the change. It's that frankly, some of the change that you're undertaking in your life is just challenging for the environment around you. Right. right? I, I have a friend of mine that's from Iceland uh -huh. and um, they, 
so they had tried to go completely vegan in Iceland. The problem is you can't right? because there's no abundance of vegetables there because it's all volcanic rock. So they can't grow a lot of stuff. And so now all of a sudden their options were completely limited. And so they actually had to say, wait a minute, I've got to do something different here. That's just not going to work. So they became a pescatarian, mm. right? Because it's Iceland. There's tons of fish in Iceland. So it made it a whole lot easier, but it was their circumstance. It was their environment that, that made them uh, kind of recalculate the change. Yeah, that's good. And I, I think that speaks to probably one of the biggest obstacles in change, which is um, environment, mentality, um, capability, mm-hmm. and maybe even character. Mm. There are some of these things that limit your ability to truly embrace your change. Yeah. Let me say it this way. Probably, and I think maybe one of the most unique things about any change, any season of transformation in your life is that um, it does this first thing. It develops character. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but in the world of exercise, most physiologists, most exercise uh, physiologists and trainers will tell you that you can do far more than you think you can do. In fact, most of them will argue that your brain will give out long before your body does. Mm. This is uh, true. If you go to the gym, go do planks, right? Just get on your your elbows and your toes and see how long you can hold it for. Truth is your body can probably go about a minute longer than your brain thinks you, you can, and you'll give out long before. Hmm. And that's just one of these limitations that has to do with change, right? I think that change does this thing. You never really know what you're capable of until you're absolutely forced to do it. Right. Right. Um, by nature, we're total creatures of comfort. Right. Each one of us, we love our routines. Even those of us who think we're spontaneous, we love to spontaneously develop routine. Right. Yeah. Right. Or the spontaneity is the routine that we we sort of love to lock ourselves into. And I call it calculated spontaneity. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's pretend. Right. But truly, like it's it's all based on the schedule that I like to do. And what it does is it reinforces the habits and the ways that we currently like to live because that's safe, because that's comfortable, because it provides us with an opportunity to know that. While the world may be unpredictable, this part of my life is predictable. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is that you never really get to stretch or get to discover just how vast your brain power is, just how strong your willpower is, and just how unique and interesting you are, Hmm. right? Living in your routine puts you on the couch inevitably. Absolutely. Right? And you're not made for the couch, Mm -mm. right? I mean, truly, as a pastor, I tell people we were created by a creative being to create. And if what you're doing is not creative, you got to get to work, Yeah. right? So that's why I love change in this effort, especially when it comes to this idea of character, Mm -hmm. this idea of becoming something intrinsically different. And it's this, interruption in our lives, in whatever form it comes, whether it's external or internal, no matter how stressful it is, does present us with really amazing opportunities Mm. to act out of instinct and impulse. Right. And I'll say that again. I think I think transformation gives you an opportunity to think on the fly. Yeah. To fight or flight. Yeah. Most of us hate that experience. Because, you know, there's adrenaline junkies, but the most of us, like, if you get a shot of adrenaline, if you've ever been really nervous because somebody cut you off, like, it's stressful. Yeah. It's, like, not that pleasant. Not at all. Right? But... When you do, you notice like, wow, my reaction time's a lot faster than I thought it was. Sure. Or when that person sort of threatened me in public, it turns out I have a deep voice when I want to get scary, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. That's those opportunities that really sort of reveal new information about you. And that helps you see yourself beyond who others get to see every day. 
And I think that's important, right? Yeah. Now, here's the flip side. Transformation, especially abrupt transformation, can reveal to you some things about yourself that maybe you won't like. Right. Um, I I don't, thank God, but I used to have a really short temper. Mm-hmm. And when I was first dating my wife, uh, we were at the grocery store one day, and um, and a guy kind of catcalled her. Oh. And I fully like was ready to fight. Yeah. And I remember thinking, that dude is way bigger than me. He's going to mop the floor with me. Right. Right. Yeah. So I wasn't very excited about the fact <laughs> that I let a hot temper get out. Sure. Funny fact is that my wife was really excited about it. What a tough guy I was. She was like, oh, baby, that's so nice. <laughs> right. But it's interesting because what it does is it reveals newness to you, yeah. right? And I think that that is important. Whether you like it or don't, I think discovering new information about yourself yep. is absolutely integral to the development of who you are. Right, because if we don't know ourselves, right, then what do we really know? And if we don't know who we really are, we can't calculate any changes in our life. That's exactly right. I think um, when you learn who you are, you can really embrace the concept of what's really possible in your life, Mm. right? If all you know is come home, have dinner, Netflix, go to bed, right? Then you automatically begin to think there's only like 10 productive hours in the day. By the time I get home from work, I'm so tired and you start to craft that narrative in your head, right? Yeah. But if you've ever had the opportunity or been forced to like work two jobs, Mm -hmm. you realize there's way more hours in the day. Yeah. Right. When you have to do something, Mm -hmm. you quickly like, man, I'm way tougher than I thought I was. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about change. For sure. Right. It's hard, but you get tough pretty quick. I think you might have even said this. Nothing in life is worth doing if it isn't maybe a little difficult. Right. I mean, if, if it was, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Right. Um, I think it was in the first, um, Incredibles (laughs) Incredibles <laughs> mm-hmm. that Dash, this the little guy, he says, Mom says, um, something about being normal and, and he says, Well, if 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 everybody's different, then we're all just normal. Yeah. Right. And so it finding out those things that make us different is what really allows us to press forward with change so that we can once again make those calculated adjustments in our life. That's exactly right. So change, first point, change develops our character, yeah. right? You never really know what you're capable of until you're forced to do it. Yep. Second thing is this change defines your convictions. I have a mentor right now that's working with me, walking me through this this journey, and he says it like this conviction is not what what you grip, but what grips you. And I love that way that that plays out in my life. I love the visual that that shows me. In my head, I see this giant hand grabbing me by the shirt front and mm-hmm. just dragging me through right. whatever it is that I'm facing. Yeah. Right. And and let me tell you a funny story. We are writing this out yesterday, and I'm thinking of, of sort of the lessons that I've learned. Um, I remember thinking to myself yesterday, conviction costs you. Conviction is the difference between, um, conviction is more than just preference, right? Like you can have a preference for something, but you'll settle for it, whatever, if it's just a preference. But conviction, on the other hand, it really costs you something. Uh, and, And that hit home this morning. I went to coffee, uh, actually breakfast meeting with with um, somebody who who has been a mentor to me and been a real cheerleader for us over the last several years. And he asked me some hard questions about some convictions that I have. And I'm smart enough to know how to read the room and know that I can probably I can probably skirt this and still have it work out in my favor. Right. But I have a real conviction about this topic that he asked me about, and so I just shared. Hey, this is what I believe. And uh, it was not what he wanted to hear. And it may mean the difference between him being a cheerleader and him just being on the sidelines. Yeah. And um, 
that's pretty stressful. Sure. Right. I mean, financially, he's a he's been a donor to our ministry, and 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 personally, he's been a mentor to my my life and my my marriage. And I don't think that those that thing will go away. But certainly, um, my conviction in this instance has cost me the potential that he'll be as close as he once was. Yeah. And um, it's just interesting to me that I wrote this and then really got a chance to experience it today. Right. right. Now, this conviction of mine has changed. It has become a conviction of mine over the last several months. Right. Something I've developed, something I've really become convinced of. And here's what I've discovered is that these convictions, these are the things that compel me to do more than I'm currently doing right like conviction ends up being the thing that says okay I see the world around me and it's not so bad but and then whatever the but is Mm -hmm. right whatever the fill in the sentence is conviction is the thing that sort of drags you through the woods even though you could make a comfortable life in the woods and I'm finding that change sometimes has a way of testing those things you can be easily comforted when you're in a room full of people who share the same convictions. But if you go to do something new, if you change your environment, you change your profession, you change your way of life, you're going to run into people for whom your conviction is a challenge. And you get to ask yourself, does this really matter to me? Right. Right? In any other environment, you can kind of surround yourself with people who share the same views. Certainly, you see this in social media right now. The way the algorithms are set up, you get to surround yourself with people who are of the same mindset. Right? right? And anybody that you don't like, you can unfollow them, right? right? Yeah, yeah. But put yourself in the real world or put yourself into a new environment where transformation and change become just the natural everyday part of life. And you're forced to ask yourself, is what I think matters, does it really matter? Right? And I like that question. Well, and also it's like, what work am I going to put behind my convictions? Mm-hmm. Right? So this morning I was having a conversation with a colleague of mine who actually was... His job was threatened just on Monday because, uh, you know, I work in finance, I work in sales. And so um, he was, his numbers aren't there, right? And so then all of a sudden, you know, he's not popping out of his office having chit-chat anymore, right? He's got his door closed and he's pushing really hard and trying to get his numbers where they need to be so that his job isn't, isn't in jeopardy, right? And so all of a sudden now he's wanting to put in the work. Not not that he didn't want to before, right? But now all of a sudden there's a bit of a carrot, mm-hmm. right? And maybe even more, a stick, right? And saying, hey, we've got to motivate you and you got to make, you've got to decide what's important. We said this in our last episode, we cannot minor in the minors, mm-hmm. right? Or we can't major in the minors, right. right? And that now all of a sudden we have to figure out what's important to us and we have to put some action behind it because if we can talk about it all day but talk's cheap yeah talk is absolutely cheap you were meeting with a mentor this morning and and they challenge your convictions well now all of a sudden you got some work to do right you have to you have to stand up you have to say no i've got some convictions here and this is a line in the sand for me right not that there's necessarily a in every situation of convictions a right or wrong right but sometimes our our, our convictions are different than other people's and those differences make us question the work that we're putting in. Yep, that's it. I mean, we talked about in the very beginning about God's way of pruning us, right? Change or transformation has this way of having you ask, is this thing a conviction? Meaning, is it what is driving me or is it merely something I'm dragging behind me? Sure. Right? It's like change has this way of just sort of like lightening the load, right? And you get to look around and say like, okay, these are the three things I care about and everything else 
I don't have the energy to carry anymore. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I don't. I, like I don't even know how to care. Right. Right. I, I. You know, we've talked about this in the past that I've got this. Um, it's a little bit of like a system that I utilize, and I do this every few years. Um, and I take like um, in my in my Christian walk, I utilize it, and I say, okay, I make these five concentric circles, and the middle circle. These are the things I believe without a shadow of a doubt. There is there is there is no gray. There it, it is black and white for me. But then outside of that, there's things that maybe that aren't terribly like um, heaven or hell, right? That in the end, like, okay, we can all come around and agree on these things. And outside of that, there are things that are maybe a little less important. And then outside that, a little less important. Then when it comes to maybe like a spiritual walk, it might be that outside circle is, did Adam and Eve have a belly button, Mm -hmm. right? Something really unimportant, right? But that people want to talk about that I just don't know how to care about, Mm -hmm. right? I have no idea how to care about this. And so when it comes to convictions, we need to do that ourselves and figure out, okay, what's what is that conviction that line in the sand for me final thought on this uh, idea of conviction is this um meet somebody in their 20s and they've got some strong opinions about everything yeah meet somebody in their 70s they care about one or two things right over time change just sheds away the things that really don't matter to you yeah and perhaps that may be one of the reasons we should so readily accept change in our life mm. Uh, all right, so third thing, yeah. right? Third thing that change does that I think may be one of the coolest parts is this. Change destroys old concepts. Perhaps the very best outcome of change is that we are freed from our old mindsets. And by that, I mean not refined, not repositioned, not even like a GPS system recalculated. I mean like fully let loose from the things that you thought mattered most, Mm -hmm. right? This is a little bit, this is the opposite side of conviction. While change helps you to refine and and sort of hone down like, oh, this is the thing that matters. It also says, kill everything else. And I like that part too, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Change challenges us, as we've said it before. It causes us to question and confront the realities that we live in. But I'd argue that most of us believe that what we right now believe is correct. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. You, you'd be wrong in that assumption. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But here's the deal. Every one of us right now listening to this, driving in your car, whatever you may be doing, you're thinking, my current worldview, I got it. Yeah, A-OK. I got it unlocked. Mm-hmm. Right? It's totally good. But ask yourself the same question in six months, and at least two or three things that you hold dear right now, you'll be like, that is absolute garbage. Right. Why did I think that? Right? You're never done learning, ever. Mm-hmm. And, and let's be honest, hopefully you're never done growing, or at least you're never done embracing the concept or potential that you should be growing mm-hmm. right now. The beautiful part about that learning and growing is that you get to discard some things every single day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that feels beautiful, but I know that the process of it is beautiful. I, I, how many people do you know um, who you have run into over years of absence or you, you, you were once close to them and then you, life happens and changes and then you run back into them and they have a new mindset? Of course. Right? Yep. Um, it's always interesting, especially with the people who are most married to a concept. Right. And you sit down with them and they're like, yeah, no, I'm totally, you know, I have this, especially around the faith model. Right. As a pastor, I get, I get the beautiful blessing of seeing people who have walked into my life in some of the darkest seasons and then have disappeared because that's kind of the nature of ministry. And then a few years later, they'll come back and they'll say something to the effect of, 
what you said mattered or what we went through was really important to me. And, and here's who I am now. And I get to hear these in the church where we call them testimonies, yeah. right? And it's them sort of outlining who they were and who they are now. And it's always so encouraging to me to see people sort of lose what they hold dear. Second part about this idea that, that change destroys old concepts is, um, is really that word destroy. Um, I remember when I went to college as an 18-year-old kid, I was a suburban, white, Christian-raised kid. My parents were both civil servants, and, and I, I started taking, my freshman year, I took this intro to black studies class. And I had all of this anecdotal evidence that had been regurgitated to me by the uh, rest of the people in the world that I lived in about topics like affirmative action that I didn't totally understand or topics like racism that I didn't fully have a grasp on because I never really experienced it. And I remember sitting in that class and hearing this professor teach and talk about new ideas that really made no sense to me. And I was always raising my hand to put my two cents in. And in hindsight, every single one of those things that I said was absolutely wrong. Right. I was sharing anecdotal evidence about a young lady in my, in my college or my high school graduating class who had like really low test scores but got into this great university because she was African-American. I didn't even know that to be true. I just heard that story before. And so because I thought that that concept mattered, I was sharing that idea. I was sharing that story to sort of back up something. Sure. Right. And then I sit through this class for an entire semester and it just blows my mind. They start to show me these statistics on concentrated poverty, on the disparity of wealth, on the prison industrial complex, on the war on drugs, and all of these things that have systematically over the years oppressed black and brown peoples. And it was data, hard data, and I could not argue with it. And so here I was with all of this new change, this transformative information that had been delivered to me, and it was so transformative, it made me angry. Because mm-hmm. it changed the way that I sought myself and the concept of privilege. But on top of that, it was so transformative, I couldn't use it to add to my information. Does that make sense? No. Like, I couldn't <laughs> take all of these new ideas and then just make them a part of the soup of my ideology. Okay, yeah. They were so new, it meant that my old ideology had to vacate the premises right. in order for the new facts to take root. Yeah, this didn't this didn't add to, this replaced. This is it. It completely destroyed my conception of the world at that time. And I remember going home, as you do when you leave college from your first semester, calling my mother by her first name, right? <laughs> because now I was illuminated. And, um, and restating some of the things that I held dear. And it was a challenge to my family, right? Yeah. But it become, it was so transformative that I could no longer walk in those ideas. And so for me, here's the deal. Change is going to come your way in this season or the next. And if you're lucky enough, the the change that you get to experience, whether you bring it on or it comes about your life, if you're really lucky, it's going to wreck you. Right. Like if you're really lucky, the next change that comes your way is going to knock you flat on your butt. It's going to send your head spinning. You're going to spend a couple days on the couch really questioning your self-worth, your value, your, your, your abilities. And, and here's the challenge. If you stay true to the process of change, because change is never permanent. If you stay true to the process, if you can fight that intrinsic urge to find your way back to what's safe and what's normal. 
right? Because that's what comes up. Oh, screw this. I'm out of this thing. And I just got to figure out how to go back to the way I used to do it. If you can fight that urge and if you can really stay true and, and journey through this thing, you will get to know, be, experience, and live out a totally new reality than the one you live right now. And it's one you can't even fathom right now. Can I say that? Like, and I know that sounds hyperbolic, but like, here's the deal. Real change is a total gift because right now you don't even get to know who you might be. And that's what change does. It finally wrecks everything. And then six months and you look back and you hear people say it all the time. I'm a completely different person. Yeah. Well, you didn't know that was going to happen on the other side of change. Right. In the beginning of the process. Right. If you would have, you would have changed a whole lot, a whole lot earlier. Of course. But you didn't. And it sucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so most of us bail the process. Right. Yeah. Right. So th- to reiterate the concept, it's this change is hard. Yeah. Really hard. And the most powerful change is also the most painful. Yeah. And that's why we should embrace it. Right. We should embrace those difficult seasons. You should recognize them. When I was early in recovery, I would say this all the time. Hard times are good times. And I couldn't say it to myself when I was in the hard times, but almost the day after the hard time ended, I could take a deep breath and say, wow, that was, that was so worth it. Last thing I'll say is this. I get to look back on my life all the time as a pastor and a preacher, and I get to tell people about my nuts story of being an addict and, and doing horrible things. And um, people often ask me, would you change? Would you have done it differently? And the answer is, Absolutely not. I wouldn't be the father I am today if I didn't lose my sons. I wouldn't be the husband I am today if my first wife didn't walk out. I wouldn't cherish the fact that I'm a homeowner if I thought I was, if I hadn't experienced the thought of being doomed to be a renter my whole life because I had destroyed my credit, right? I mean, my credit at one point was so bad I would walk into a car dealership and other people would not get approved, <laughs> right? It was so bad. And to be in a place now where like, we have perfect credit, but like I bought a house. Yeah. It's like the most important thing. I'm like, I love it. I love to check my credit karma when I hated that. Yeah. Why? Well, because I went through some really, really, really difficult seasons and that change was awesome. Tolstoy said, everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. I'd like old Leo to roll over in his grave, looking at how we make a decision today to embrace change and to conquer ourselves. You and I know there are things in our lives that demand change, but only you know what it is in your specific life that needs a radical adjustment, one that won't be easy. It will hurt, and at best, it'll be uncomfortable. But imagine where you'll be in a year, in five years, in 10 years, once that change is permanent in your own life. It's liberating. Growth is painful. Change is painful. But nothing is more painful than staying stuck where you don't belong.